gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then. Well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's, it's a podcast. podcast. Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room, Episode 5, the review segment for Friday, January 10th, 2014. This weekend is the release of the Kellen Lutz Hercules movie, but none of us have seen it. So we're going to go back to one of the late 2013 movies that we haven't had time to get to yet, August Osage County, which is, I I mean, I don't know. Do you think I, do you guys think this would be better if Kellen Lutz were in it? It's okay to say that. Um, As like a silent part, it would be funny for him to just be sitting in the background of all these conversations. <laughs> for him to just take over the Sam Shepard role after Sam Shepard's scene. Yes, exactly. The ghosts of Sam Shepard. <laughs> I think Helen Lutz is born to play that part. Um, August Osage County is based on the many award-winning play by Tracy Lutz, who is the guy who wrote Killer Joe and Bug. It's uh, This play won a Pulitzer Prize. It won a correct? Pulitzer Prize wow. and a Tony uh, it is, you know, about as well rewarded as a and a Tony and a Tony and and a drama let's not desk award. The real, the real prize here and a drama desk award. Let's be real. And a round of applause for my grandmother. <laughs> and for myself, I actually saw this play. I saw it too. A lot of people, a lot of people I know did and loved it and loved yeah, it. I yeah, I thought it was pretty great. I saw it and loved it too. So uh, it's now inevitably been turned into a movie starring Meryl Streep and directed by the guy who made The Company of Men and who created ER, John Wells. Um, and it's a pretty faithfully adapted by Tracy Letts himself for the screen. It's a little bit shorter than the three-hour play. There's some stuff cut out. Um, but it's got a lot of movie stars playing all the characters. You've got Julia Roberts and Meryl Streep and Juliette Lewis and Benedict Cumberbatch and Dermot Mulroney and but the previously mentioned Sam Shepard and Patches. Who else am I leaving out in the cast of thousands? Uh, the um, best person, which you mentioned, Julianne, Julianne Nicholson. Julianne Nicholson, who is probably but the, the least easily, famous. Yes, but it gives far and away the best performance in the Interesting. Movie. I like her a lot, but I, anyway. Oh, she's, she's great. I mean, this movie, in some ways, is really just about the performances. It is a three or is a two and a half hour movie about a family that is back together after the father of the family disappears, um, and about all the conflicts and the ways in which family members can torture each other over the course of a reunion. Um, Meryl Streep. This is not a light comedy. Do not be fooled by the horrible, horrible advertising. Although it is extremely funny, I think it deserves credit for being as. It, it, it is. I think it's really funny. It's you, not it funny at all. It attempts to be funny. There are jokes. There is a mordantly comic tone, but it is not the ho ho ho. We're all no. gonna sit around. There, there's all tumbled oh, over in the poster. Yeah, there is some horrible, horrible, horrible shit in this movie, yes. and I'm not just talking about the direction. Zing. Whoa, zing. Okay, yeah. So we can get like the problem that I think I have, and maybe the reason that I like. Wait, this movie should as you? Much as I do. Did we say what this is about? Yeah, it's a family that gets together after. The I guess it's not, yeah, years. it's not really uh, about anything. Meryl Streep is but the mother. Some... She's addicted to pills and is uh, has mouth cancer, and she's kind of venomously she's she's kind of a horrible person and seems to have become more of a horrible person with age. Um, but she's kind of emblematic of this old tough pioneer West spirit. Uh, um, Margaret Martindale plays her sister. They talk about all the horrible things that happened to them in their childhoods, and it's you know there's the conflicts between. Well, she's supposed to be playing the Greatest Generation, which she's too young for. There's kind of a lot of time stretching going on in this movie. Um, it's about you know generational conflict and the West, the old West versus the new West, and then mothers and daughters, and you know basically pick your thing. It's a long play um, or a long movie, but which kind of gets to some of the problem that I think I have judging this as a movie, in that I 
remember the play. I remember the parts of the movie that I think capture what went well in the play. I remember the performances in this that I like, and I'm able to overlook things like the, the completely pedestrian direction, which it doesn't sound like David is able to do. Like David, having also seen and liked the play, do you feel like this holds up as a movie at all? No, not at all. I mean, it's hard. I don't know. I. What's the <laughs> point? What's the point? I mean, it's such an insult to the entire medium of cinema, let alone the audiences. When you hire someone as hacktacular as John Wells, and you explicitly order him, as I can imagine Harvey Weinstein doing, to just film what's on the page, not to do anything to enhance the story or its telling for uh, this particular medium, but just just let the actors do their showboating Oscar reels, put everything in a two-shot, and just back off. And that's exactly what happened here. There is not a single thing, not a single one, that this movie does that benefits the story that the play version did not do. And many, many things that the play version does that this movie fails to do. Um, the performances are worse across the board. Uh, Meryl Streep is an embarrassment here. You, I mean, like, truly, you're right. truly embarrassing. You're so... Uh, I'm, I'm so, siding with David so on this one. And it, she's just the laziest performance as well. I mean, she just has to be like a drunken, pill-addicted loon. Uh, Julia Roberts gets to be sort of self-righteous and do her thing. Julianne Nicholson is the only interesting actor here who's doing anything interesting with her talents. She is always watchable. She has a really compelling role to play here, the most interesting of any of the characters, I would say. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, who I like, I have nothing against uh, You know, his cult of fame, is horribly miscast. He's like uh, sort of in this movie. <laughs> horribly miscast uh it's all it's it's all like it's such a just a low effort slap in the face get hit by the pitch and take your base kind of movie uh i hate it hate it hate it hate it hate it just for the fact that it exists it is perfectly watchable um you know I, it's 130 minutes whatever it there's happens. probably an but, archived version of <laughs> the play that was on broadway yeah. over at the museum or the uh the Library of Arts Listening in New York. To the play. So you should probably Listening do that. To the play would be better <laughs> than watching this fucking movie. Wow. Patches. Yeah, well, I was swept over with a feeling of sadness after watching this movie because it got me thinking about kind of what I just touched upon, that, that watching the play would be an, a more enriching experience, but not many people have an opportunity to do that. And it also got me thinking, and this is a total tangent, that... Um, you know, we admire many performances. You know, if I asked you what your what some of the best performances from the best actors out ever in time uh, would be, that you would name some that are in movies, and um, likely there would be performances that were performed on stage that we would easily contend, if not triumph, over those film performances, and we'd never really know um, yeah. because not many people, not enough people have seen them, and they're gone, and you can't you can't resurface them time and time again. Um, um, and, you know, knowing that Amy Morton, who is in Up in the Air, uh, played the Julia Roberts part in the play, um, sounds perfect. It just I would die to see that. Um, but that's not obviously not what we get here. We get the star-studded Hollywood version of this play that I couldn't parse anything from. I mean, I really felt no emotion watching this film at all. Um, 
I guess it doesn't even feel like a successful acting reel, like David says. I mean, I couldn't separate Meryl Streep from this. It just all feels like an act. It feels so phony. The only people I could really believe are Margot Martindale because she is an imperfect human being. Um, And Chris Cooper, in a way, who just kind of is like he has a casualness to him. Like their relationship is so interesting. And actually what you mentioned – who is, who is the other actress? Juliet, uh, not Julia Juliet Lewis. Julia Nicholson. Yeah, Julia Nicholson's very good because, again, she's not someone who's sticking out like a Thor so- Thor, bleh, sore Thor's- thumb. <laughs> sore thumb. Um, and, and, and she, yeah, she falls into the background, which works to her advantage because she can come alive and really chew up scenery in this in this show. Uh, I call it a show. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's, like it's a movie, is- but... It's yeah. like what Patrick was saying. Like I, I am uh, privileged to have seen the show. I do not see many shows, and so it just so happened that I heard enough good things about Augustus H. County to have seen it. Um, and a lot of people will not have had that opportunity. I have to imagine somewhere there's an archive, just video of a camcorder in the back of the theater. Uh, I so I really I can't say with any sort of uh, accuracy what this would be like without having seen the source material. But I saw the play years and years ago. My memory is just not that good. Uh, engaging with this movie. You know, on its own terms, I thought it was fine, but knowing it's uh, knowing what it could have been. It just felt uh, really and, and jumbled to me. Like, I'm, I'm yeah, trying to find thematic that. resonance in these relationships and these many, many, many dialogues that just go on and on. It feels like they're talking about nothing. It doesn't feel punched up. Like you mentioned, John Wells is not adding anything to the texture of this movie. He's not emphasizing any point. He's not using using visuals. He's not using this home that is so a part of this family's history that, I mean, it's obviously when we pick up with the action in this film, it's it's... All the all the windows are covered. It's blanketed in darkness because of this Beverly ma- uh, patriarch just wants to live in darkness. And show me more of this house when the lights open up. What is this place? What is this farmland that they yeah. live around? What the hell is August Osage County? Um, it, it, yeah, it, it feel. I think that even if you had never heard of the play, you would feel the inauthenticity in the performances. You would feel how lazy. Uh, and uninspired direction is. And all these things would really enervate what underneath uh, certainly is at least an echo of great writing. There are certainly moments in here. Uh, the, there's a great, or at least a really fun scene uh, where Julia Roberts is yelling at Meryl Streep to eat her fucking fish. And it's, uh, I mean, there are moments that are fun because the writing is so good that it can carry the movie at times. But it's definitely um, upsetting when you when you just how apparent it makes it that it's just slapped together. I think you guys are being really unfair to the idea of watching famous people all in one room. We're watching famous people, period. Like, I I think Meryl Streep is really great in this. I don't That's really, really see sick, Katie. Really sick yeah, that I think watching Meryl people. Eat your fucking I don't want to I don't want to eat. I don't want to wait. I like I I agree that John Wells doesn't really bring anything to the table one way or another. Like there are a couple like cinematic moments like where you see Julia Roberts step out onto the porch and watch birds fly away that just feel kind of tacked on and useless. But the energy that he gets from all, putting all these people around a table together or putting them on a porch or putting Julia Roberts and uh, Juliet Lewis and Julian Nicholson. God, that's a lot to say. Uh, as these three sisters kind of sitting in this uh, gazebo together. I like the combinations of putting these people together. I like watching them bounce off each other. I agree that Chris Cooper and Margot Martindale set up this really interesting married relationship. I think that the relationship between Dermot Mulroney and Juliet Lewis is really interesting. That I like watching all these people bump, bump up against each other. I 
enjoyed basically all the performances down the line. I think Benedict Cumberbatch is kind of barely in it. I was disappointed by that. I think that character is really interesting. Um, but there's nothing wrong with even though people are famous, you know, wanting to watch them play a character anyway. Well, that's why I go to the theater, too. I mean, I go to the theater and see famous people be in plays or non-famous people be in plays, just anybody. I, I want to see great performances, but the I mean, they do have an uphill battle against working against them that they need to disappear into these roles that you, and, and these roles especially disappear? why? Well, because I need these roles to to feel lived in in order to kind of latch on to the things they're talking about, especially with this, which is like real melodrama. This there, this doesn't have some sort of whirlwind hook where these actors can spar. You know, this is I don't think this is like Glengarry Glen Ross, where you have actors sicking each other, you know, sinking their teeth into each other and going at it. This is yeah. like just scream matches um, that are about melodramatic topics like pill addiction or like, oh, our marriage is crumbling or you're a bad a kid. Great- podcast they have a great podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly I, I would listen to it that, i don't necessarily uh need to watch them in this movie and i think you know katie the, it's actually that much harder for uh a famous actor to sort of slip into uh, a character when you're seeing them in the theater because they are that actor and they're 10 feet in front of you and you can you know see them right there they don't have the sort of uh magical curtain of the, the movie screen but uh I think also it's something to work against. I mean, Meryl Streep, certainly Julia Roberts, who's done this shtick before in just like a slightly different way, and something what like Aaron Brockovich needs to. Kind of. Like, I think I think you're be, underestimating. I don't. I haven't seen that Julia Roberts performance that you're talking about. You haven't seen Aaron Brockovich. No, I have, but I don't think that's there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, whatever. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm not, trying to think. Good, she's not an especially good actor. What was the last time Meryl Streep played someone uh, who wasn't like a heightened yes, character? Yes. Oh, it's been a while. Oh, well, Mamma oh. Mia. What? No. But no, Mamma Mia is a musical where she no, sings. That she movie is crazy. She's playing a pretty normal person in that. But she breaks into song. That's the heightened aspect of it. All I'm right, thinking yeah, now, yeah, too, yeah. like, compare August Osage County to her work in something like uh, Angels in America. You know, she, she doesn't she have to play. Rabbi, like she plays a rabbi and she plays, like, an, uh, a Russian spy who is sentenced to death who appears as a ghost. I mean, this is, she's not playing like normal people. She, starring Meryl Streep. Right, that she is. That. Oh, it's complicated. Boom. What, no, Nancy Myers movies don't take place. In if movies. your character Sorry. makes over like two million dollars a year, you're no longer a normal person. Oh my Back. god, you guys have unfair rules. I don't. I don't. That we're reverse engineering here. The thing is, the performances aren't good, and it certainly doesn't help the fact that they are massive celebrities who are falling into very uh, actually and instantly recognizable the scene that you mentioned david where julia roberts starts saying fucking eat the fish that's when i started getting into julia roberts as this barbara older sister character when she's like letting loose and suddenly i've never heard julia roberts say fuck so many times in succession like suddenly that broke down a barrier for me what but that was really one of the only times fifteen dollars and and you paid fifteen dollars the lights come up at the end of the movie and you're like well i, I guess i just got to see julia roberts say fuck a lot of times <laughs> i, I could have wait i could have waited for the super cut <laughs> <laughs> I'll make you that shit for free. Right? Thank you. <laughs> or, or at least for like $2. I feel 
feel like in a way you guys are having a similar problem that I, I did with American Hustle, which is the idea that you're like, watch Jennifer Lawrence in a big wig and watch Bradley Cooper and Amy Adams flirt with each other. And there's like undeniable pleasure in watching that happen. I and totally agree with that, American you get Hustle. August Osage County, which is incredibly well written. It's really funny. The drama is really total, well different. Totally different because American yeah. Hustle is about playing dress up and about watching our stars be uh, wacky people also, and this is about like real tangible human drama that many of us have supposedly lived and in august osage county it's a complete farce but not also, funny that angers me because the whole idea of watching jennifer lawrence like be jennifer lawrence because who the fuck is jennifer lawrence she's this famous teenage 20 some odd okay, girl jennifer lawrence is not in august is, osage county just no i'm talking about I, I know i know but it's like but it's like who who needs to pay money to see jennifer lawrence do something wacky she's not nicholas cage he earned the right to make a career where you're just gonna like see Nicolas Cage with a bird on his head or whatever. Like Jennifer Lawrence has been in like three movies. I don't care about seeing her be wacky yet. She has not earned that, and that should have been in our American Hustle Wolf of Wall Street conversation. There's a there's a weird reverence for Meryl Streep in this movie. There's a scene where they're all sitting, all the girls are sitting outside one evening, and she tells this very sad story um, as all her daughters listen around, and like the camera just puts her up on the pedestal and we're kind of moving around her this whole time. And I, I just, why doesn't that connect with me? That's my question, Katie. You know, I respect Meryl Streep. I love Meryl Streep's many performances. Um, but this is not a movie that's hitting me at all because there's a weird disconnect with her that this, this movie appreciates its stars too much and doesn't appreciate its characters at all. I, just, I mean, I think... It's not a movie about watching actors... Watching our favorite actors get to act. I, I capital think you can A. Be both. I think you can believe in these characters and also never forget that. Is there they another are movie actors. like that for you? Like a, a great piece of drama where you're watching actors kind of like show their stuff. I mean, what's a streetcar named Desire if not watching a bunch of actors show their stuff and in high melodrama? That's also a really good movie. Yeah, but they're they're not just showing their stuff to be flashy for their Oscar reels. Marlon Brando's <laughs> given like one of the defining performances. In sure, I mean movies. I'm not going to argue anyone in this is as good as Marlon Brando in A Streetcar Named Desire, but I think that I don't have to forget that that's Meryl Streep up on screen to feel the impact of her character and what happens to her, and to apply it to my own life. Maybe like, if I Meryl Streep wasn't wearing a wacky costume, <laughs> I didn't see the Maybe. Iron Lady. Maybe this is the problem. <laughs> You guys never no, it's, seen that movie. It's like a wacky costume issue. It's like a, I have to be transformative in everything. And what if this was just Meryl Streep just sitting there having this conversation instead of wearing a giant wacky wig and big sunglasses and be, and having I cigarettes and problem. dancing around the room? The real problem, Katie, is that obviously we're having this conversation about the actors because the drama failed to move us. I think that it doesn't work first that I can't. I mean, you know, maybe for some people or in some cases it does. But for me, I'm noticing it's Meryl Streep because I'm not – being involved uh, or engaged, you know, in the in the story, the plot, and anything else that's happening. Well, in the that's movie. why I'm There's so amazed that the pl- that the play works so well. And uh, you know, we uh, for my top ten, I talked about the past. Uh, Asghar Farhadi's film that just came out a few weeks ago that hopefully is still in theaters somewhere near you. Um, but that a few people have taken that movie to task for having these kind of plot contrivances and building upon the drama and having melodramatic twists. Um, But that is so much more successful and so enriching. And it feels like it's snowballing in front of your eyes organically to me. And here it's just like, well, we're throwing this at you and here's a twist and all this bad stuff. And it's just like, none of it lands smoothly. There's nothing that seems like it's being pulled out of 
a reality at all. And I, I'm I'm curious from you two who have seen the play. I mean, just how does it work on stage so well to the point that it won a Pulitzer? And how does it fail so horribly in the movie? I mean, part of that is direction in the movie. I think. I mean, this is extrapolating. Cause but I, why? I, like I mean, the movie. I mean, I think you you when you have it on when you have it where you're just being presented with the characters on stage, you have you believe in them and then you believe what happens to them. Like, and I find this in the movie too. Like these people are being put in a situation. These are all things that can happen to people. They all happen to be happening to this many people, but that is, you know, a statute of drama. And I believe it as it emerges from these people in the relationships and the way they, I mean, I think that the character of Violet, the Meryl Streep character is presented in a way that I believe all of the action that results from her character because her character is a loose cannon and she's unpredictable. And I know people like that. Maybe, maybe it does come down to John Wells. Maybe he is not connecting us with the actors well enough with his direction. I think he's it's like distancing us from the actors. Yeah, like just by not doing anything with his camera, he thinks he's standing out of the way of this amazing play. But you know, take a guy like Mike Nichols and Virginia Woolf or something, and there's he's moving us around this room, or he's being dynamic. He is an actor in this play now with his camera and with his direction. And August Osage County is nothing like that. I mean, I will say that I, uh, you know. I wish that I, for the sake of our audience, I wish that I could be more particular in my criticisms of John Wells' direction, but I haven't seen this movie. I saw it in Toronto. Um, oh, it's been so a while. It in September. It's been a very long time, and the fact that I remember almost none of uh, what I remember my dissatisfactions with it, but not the details about them, and, and I feel like I'm doing disservice by not calling those out. But uh, uh, this is a movie that I forgot about as soon as as it was over and uh i think a lot of people when it was coming out were like oh really like that's a that's a movie i didn't think it ca- caught on in any meaningful way with critics at the, at the very least because, no it definitely um it uh it's shameless awards bait it doesn't really offer anything i so i mean i'm not gonna I disagree know. i mean i really i'm not gonna uh, disagree with uh, anyone who doesn't find it remarkable i don't think it's a great movie i didn't put it on my top 10 or anything but i do find it valuable to be able to watch the performances that are being given. I don't think it's better as a movie than it was as a play. It was really meant to be a play, but I'm glad I got to see Street Play Violet. What was this week's lightning round question? The first lightning round question of 2014. Happy New Year, everybody who listens to Fighting in the War Room. Uh, our lightning round question was inspired by Lone Survivor, which kind of rolls out this week. And maybe we'll get to review-wise eventually. Uh, but it is, what is the best stunt that you saw in a movie in 2013? David, what's your pick? I'm going I'm to go with Spencer Howard, a.k.a. at Spen Luke, who says... Do James Franco's career choices count? One, <laughs> zing. Two, yes, I'd say they count. <laughs> I mean, what was that? Uh, the God of Carnage, not God of Carnage. Uh, that's a play. Uh, child of God. Child no, God. not Child of God. No, it's uh, something else. Isn't it Child the of Faulkner God? Faulkner thing? Yeah, isn't it child, child of God? He oh, did Child of God and As I Lay Dying. Oh, right. Yeah, he did both. Uh, you know, with, An interior with, leather bar? Am interior I leather bar. That? I mean, I... <sighs> James Franco, what a character. Let's just be glad that he exists. <laughs> you know, I just saw a picture of him shooting something with Vim Benders. 
I can't even keep track of it. But I, I think, you know, it's obviously unfair to call it a stunt necessarily. So I'd say maybe counts. But uh, I, yeah, he definitely added to the, the conversation in an interesting way in 2013. And I'm going to go with um, our friend and film critic William Goss. Will Goss, at William B. Goss. Follow him on Twitter. And he said, um, the Air Force One skydiving rescue in Iron Man 3. Um, which is actually, a, a lot of that is practical. There are many videos you can find on YouTube of people jumping out of the plane from that stunt that was kind of meshed in with CG. So you have to give that a that lot of credit. Really cool. I forgot about that. Although I, prob- I, I guess I should have mentioned, because I didn't mention this last week or earlier in the week uh, when we brought up the question in the first place, and I wouldn't mention it now because no one picked it, obviously, but Lone Survivor has an amazing stunt sequence that I'm kind of enamored by. It has nothing to do with the firefight, really. Um, There's a huge scene where they fall down a hill. And I I just like that. I lost my mind. You can see the making of it on uh, the HBO's 15-minute... Oh, really? Of the hill stuff? Yeah, they they show you the hill stuff. That's I mean, Um, that looks like a rough tumble. Some real person did that. They they show you how they do it. Some real people definitely did things pretty close to that. Um, it's it's pretty insane. Yeah. And uh, to what end? <laughs> None. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, maybe we'll get there later. But yes, I was impressed by that five second stretch of Lone Survivor. Um, I'm going with Liam Miller, 87, who says Tom Hanks swimming under the life raft in Captain Phillips because someone with a camera also had to do that. And a lot of people answered Leviathan for uh, similar reasons, like how did you get a camera in this one place? So I, I like. I like the reminder that you need to think about that when something is done practically. Someone with a camera had to be with that person. The magic of There's GoPro of- cinema. I can't believe no one said the uh, the barrel ride in The Hobbit, which actually used a <laughs> GoPro camera inexplicably for like two scenes. Yeah, there's a couple of shots where it's super grainy. Woof. Um, I mean, I guess they really did have people in barrels in that, but I think that was a lot <laughs> of CGI. I think, I think so. I think just, just a theory. Maybe, a little that bit. That does it for today's... Uh, uh, not today's whoa it's fighting in the war room i know first slip of 2014 um that does it for today's fighting in the war room we'll be back next week it's 2014 we got more podcasts coming your way there's lots of stuff happening none of us are seeing hercules so don't count on that but anything else. i hope i've seen hercules by this point <laughs> i know if that just has we'll be sure i'm fighting for but, it uh in the meantime tell the people who you are uh, starting with david i guess um i am someone who is now figuring out if Patches needs to see Hercules for me. Um, <laughs> David Ehrlich, I'm the senior editor of Film.com. You can find me on Twitter, David Ehrlich, at Film.com, and you can go to Film.com. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Film.com. Uh, I am Matt Patches, occasional contributor to Film.com, uh, but and then writer from all across the internet. Try and put everything on MattPatches.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Mr. Patches. Great, good news for everyone. You heard it here first. Mad Patches is going to review Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> I love when I get work on the podcast. This is not the first time that's happened. No. Uh, I don't know Just if shows you how... Now I need to see it. Happened. So that's that's good. No, everyone wins in this scenario. Um, I'm Katie Rich. You can find me at Vanity Fairs Hollywood and on Twitter at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-I-C-H. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back talking to you next week. Bye.